everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. This is your host, Greg Scott. With me, I've got my two good friends. Jay Beaverton. Uh, I think the Irish Giant. <laughs> I don't know. It's been so damn long since we've done this. I know. Yeah, we're, not dead. we're not dead. We're not dead yet. Uh, Irish Giant. Yeah, we took a little uh, little November break there just to take a little time off and uh, recharge the old batteries. Ready to go into the, the Christmas season, which is exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exciting. Don't forget Hanukkah and Kwanzaa too, man. Yep, those are important ones too. So if you are a returning uh, listener, thanks for uh, stopping by again. If you are a new listener, thanks for coming around the first time. Hopefully you'll stay around for some more. The format of the show is, again, the title, Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. That's what we uh, focus on. So a lot of times we will review some beard products or we'll read an article about beardness and how cool and great they are. Next up, we'll, we'll have some kind of brew, so a beer usually. Today, it's been all beer, but you know we might we might venture out one day something new. Mm. And so we'll review the beer, give you our thoughts on it, and then we'll mosey on down to the bourbon portion of the show. And that's when we'll test out a bourbon, talk a little bit about it, give you the highlight, the, the low lights. And if you stay around to the end, we do the silent B, which is kind of the, the fun stuff. doesn't quite fit in the show, but it's always... I have a good time doing it. I think the guys do. Yeah, I right. like it. So, mm-hmm. hey, I enjoy it for when uh, when we're actually prepared. Yeah, that's true. Like we are tonight. So we're going to dive right into the show. Uh, we are talking about beard products. And today we have a, a beard oil. Technically, it's a hair and beard oil. This comes from Dippity Doo Men. They are out of Canada. And so we've had this product. We've been testing it for about three weeks three weeks on and off. And I guess I'll go real quick and give a high over of what that's in it. Normally when you get a beard product for oils, you want to kind of check what the oils are, uh, make sure it's something that you're not allergic to, make sure it's something that you don't mind a little bit getting into your mouth because it's beard oil and it's in your mouth hole. Chances are you're going to taste a little bit of it. So this particular brand, or this bottle rather, uh, it's got all sorts of good stuff. So it's got almond oil. Basically, the biggest one is almond oil, which is a really nice mm. mellow oil. It's got argan, sunflower, olive. It's got from other essential oils. So that's what gives it the smell. We've got tree, uh, ter- sorry, tea tree oil. I don't know. Open the floor. What do you guys think about, of it? I've been doing about every other day, and I like it because it doesn't have the... Um... I know some of the other products that, that I've used kind of leave like a, a greasy kind of residual. And uh, and this one didn't. It left you know left me feeling nice and clean and 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 kind of soft and it kind of helped with the the coarseness of the facial hair because mine is normally it's like petting a goat. It's extra like rough and scratchy. And this kind of helped. Uh, I guess I think it just helped hydrate it and, and smooth it out a little bit. See, I like I like this one. Yeah, I will say it is alcohol free and paraben free, so it doesn't dry your skin out as much and it doesn't have a as oily texture. Some of them can be really thick and oily, viscous. Yeah, I can see what you're saying about the, it's not oily. It is, it, it still has a consistency of oil, but it's not like odor oil where it hangs around. It just, it just lingers forever, especially if you're wearing a mask because it ends up on a mask and then you're getting it every few minutes. That's when you breathe in. But yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's, also, it's, it's very subdued, like aromas too. It wasn't like, like hitched with like citrus or like uh, maybe guac something or some kind of fruit smell. It was very, I could, you could definitely get the almond in it. It was very like a subdued, slight sweetness, but not overpowering. So yeah, I, I, I like using it. That's interesting. I really got, <clears throat> for me at least, I, I thought it was pretty perfumey. Um, 
Really? I didn't get that at all. Oh yeah, man. Like it, it reminded I mean, me. You have more surface area than me. I do. I do have quite a bit more surface, surface area there. But it reminded me of my wife's perfume when we were dating, like I don't know, nine years ago or something, going down, you know, going downtown, getting dressed up. And I was like, mm. man, this is just like, this is not like a, uh, an effeminate smell per se, but it's like Dolce and Gabbana or something. It's kind of like that perfume mm. style that really like I put it on and she's like, are you wearing perfume? I'm like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> so wow. take that as you will guys. Uh, I, I found it a nice smell. Uh, like I said, it's not overly, it doesn't have any of the citrus or the pine or like the very loose mm. smells you, you get in a lot of beard products. But as far as like maintenance wise, I thought it was real good. Um, definitely didn't have any dry skin when I was using it correctly, you know, cause just use it every day or every other day. That definitely was good. Moisturizing. I think uh, Irish giant did a pretty good job saying it kind of definitely discruffed the hair, you know, made it a little less, uh, a little tough. It does say hair oil. So I did use it as a, a, a leave-in conditioner a couple of times. I will say it's probably too thick, too oily to, to use as a leave-in conditioner for your, your top hair. There's probably mm. better products for it than that, but you know, it smells good. Oh, right. We're going to celebrate with the beer now. We have, I'm going to murder this. It's Amagang uh, Brewery. Yeah, you I, did it. Yeah. I always want to say Ermagerd when I, when I read this. So this is Amagang. They are from Cooperston, North New Carolina. York. Uh, New York. Yep. Not North Carolina, New York. And I don't know, Jim, what do we, what do we got here today? Well, uh, it's an is a considered a farmhouse ale, a Saison. Uh, we've, I think we've done Saisons before, maybe one or two of them previously on the show. Uh, maybe? I don't recall. I think we did one. I think Irish Giant suggested one. I can't remember the one that it was. I have to go back and listen to the show. But if, go back and listen to the shows and tell us what we, write us back and tell us what we tried. But it's a Farmhouse Ale, uh, ABV 7.7%. Did pretty well on Beer Advocate. It's got a 93 Usually averages about a 4.2 rating wise. Uh, it gets that's brew year round. Uh, even though the style originally farmhouse was uh, they uh, basically they fermented it during I believe the summer season and, and mostly in farmhouses. And then they drank it after after it was ready. They drank it while they were kind of moving into the winter months to, to get the livestock ready and all that all that good stuff. That's basically what farmhouse comes from. It just it was brewed in, brewed in farms. Back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot here. So it's a farmhouse. Right. You just gave us what that description is. What makes it a saison or saison? Saison usually oh it's I think it's the reason the region it comes from in Europe. I believe I'd have to look that up again because it's been so long since I went through this <laughs> the the classes. I think that's the region. It doesn't have anything to do with the wheat or what it's brewed from, I believe. Yeah, so I always get uh, in a note. It's just because the letters are so similar. Se- uh, session beer and a session. Session, yeah. Session is is a style because session is uh, reduced ABV. Like if you see a session in front of like an IPA, it's usually going to be in the four percentage range because it's more for day drinking. It's more because you can drink more of them and not the effect. That's what session is. It's yeah, session and session are completely different things. Fair enough. Yeah, I would say seven percent, seven point seven percent during the day would uh, knock you on yeah. your socks pretty quick. It'll, it'll catch up, and it's and it's odd because it's a very light style of beer. It's a little on the sour side, but but usually lighter beers don't have that kind of ABV, but this one does. So, 
Well, let's uh, let's take a gander. Let's look at it. Give it a sniff. Give it a taste. And you're right. It's it's super light. I mean, it looks like a, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, like an amber ale, yeah, like Hefeweizen or something. I don't know. Yeah, it is very it is very light. It's got a really nice nose. A little sour. Mm-hmm. A little yeasty. Yep, definitely the yeast. Well, the yeast helps give it the sour. That's what the yeast the yeah. comes in to help with that flavoring. It's got really nice carbonation. <clears throat> yeah, good mouthfeel. Basically, when I say what I mean by that, it hits the sides of your mouth, not the not just the tongue. Yeah, it's a little 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 yeah, fruity. True. I get a little bit of fruit off of that. Yeah, some definitely some orange. A bit of yeah, orange, some ginger. It does say it has spices of some sort. It doesn't taste high octane at all. So what, seven, seven, seven percent, seven, eight percent, something like that. Oh, almost seven point seven. Okay. Twenty-four IBUs, so you know I can handle it. Yeah, the Irish Giant is not not an IBU fan, so. But it's not so sour that it it takes you out of it. Yeah, some people don't like sours. Are you a sour guy, Irish Giant? I can't remember if you like like the no, real sour. I hate sours. Ugh. So you hate bitters and okay. sours. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a uh, an IPA than anything sour. It just it's just really uh-uh. okay. Yeah, and it's weird. I just I just don't like it. Anything that makes my mouth pucker is just no. That's not what I'm here for. <laughs> Get that man a seltzer. Mm. White claw. Yeah, it's it's a, just the easy. It's again good for Florida weather because it's usually hotter down here than anywhere else. Even though it's kind of cold at the moment. But uh, again, yeah, it's good for, but again, that's why they brew it so they can enjoy it during kind of the hotter of the year. But uh, yeah, definitely it's uh, yeah, not too sour, uh, light, but not too heavy. So it's a good, it's a good starter saison. If you want to start into sours and farmhouses, this is where you want to start. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'd say it's probably good, a good introduction to the, uh, to the style. Yeah, definitely. Cause you see a lot of, a lot of, independent beers use the farmhouse label and sours the sour label so it's definitely good to find out kind of a, uh, a middle of the road type of beer that doesn't stray too far into one aspect of it because some of them will go, go really heavy on the sour taste and you will you're you will immediately pucker up when you try it but yeah this one doesn't have that all right any, any closing thoughts uh irish giant no yeah i like it it's, it's light it's fruity i could drink this one year round it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, when it's cold out, although the spices kind of make me think of the, uh, you know, this time of year, mm. not like mulling spice or anything, but yeah, it's, it's a good beer. I could drink this pretty much any time, I think. And it doesn't, and it doesn't drink, like you're saying, it doesn't drink like it's almost, you know, 8%. Um, it's, it's pretty light. And I, and I like that. Cool. Yeah. I'll second that. I would, uh, I would drink that pretty much any time. No, uh, no, no hesitation or qualms. It's a real nice beer. Yeah, yeah, I think Oma Gang does a good job with pretty much all the beers that they brew, and this one's no exception because it is year-round, so it's one of their staples. Well, gentlemen, I think that'll do it for the brews portion. We're going to head on down to Bourbon Lane now. Bourbon Lane. I, I, see, I didn't say Bourbon Street. I kept it away from that, right? Well, I thought you were going to rhyme. I thought you were going to do we're heading down to Bourbon Town, but you didn't do it. Oh, I should have said Bourbon Town. <laughs> Take me down to Bourbon Town. So this is Legend Bourbon. So it's like legend, kind of L-E-G-E-N-T, Legend or Legend, how you pronounce it. This is kind of cool because it's a it's a mixture. It's a uh, collaboration between Centauri and Beam. 
Um, so it's the basically the two master distillers. We got what Fredno and mm, Shinji Fukuyo, and they got together. And because so, you know uh, Satoru owns owns uh, Beam, mm. and this is a, there aren't that many that I've ever seen is like a half Japanese, half bourbon whiskey. And, and I say it's half Japanese, it's really not. It's all Jim Beam. Um, well, not all Jim Beam. It's all Beam product. And then the two distilled master distilleries um, or blenders got together and blended it out. Mm. So how they made it. Well, 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 yeah, I'll tell you what's in there. I'm like, should we taste it first? Or we should, I don't want to incept you guys, but I'm going to accept you. Whatever's. So it's, uh, <laughs> it is bourbon finished in red wine casks. And then they used sherry butts. So like the top and the bottom, of the lids are in sherry. And then they put it into a, a giant paint mixer shook the crap out of it so they agitated it basically they agitated it all and i think they let it sit there for a couple weeks and it comes out to 94 proof when they're done after they blended it so they put so they basically built a barrel it was basically a wine the outside of the barrel was wine red wine Mm -hmm. the tops were sherry cast tops and then they put the barrel into a into a paint or cement mixer or not a cement mixer but uh, i mean they say agitate the arms that close around it and then shake it yeah i mean that's yeah, i'm imagining I'm that that's weird going yeah, down to home take it to your local hardware store yeah 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 that's what i was thinking so like a, they stick it like a can of paint uh that's those japanese said. what would they think of next that's crazy well they're not the only one who tries uh they're not the only ones who tries weird things uh there's some bourbons who uh who use low frequency sounds i think like you know bass and hook up a uh, base system to vibrate it because it agitates the, the liquid inside and huh. the more agitates the more exposure surface area gets onto the right. wood. So they're trying to extract it faster with the taste. So again, we're going to just kind of look at the color, give it a little sniff um, and we'll taste it and we'll relay that information back to you. Um, uh. I will say it, it is redder than I expected it to be. Well, I just yeah, read a very deep caramel color. Yeah. And I guess that Let's is see. the red wine barrels. I'm assuming. The red and the sherry. Yeah. Well, sherry isn't going to impart that color, is it? Isn't sherry's pretty clear? I, I would thought. think it, it's got some color because it's finished in in wood itself. I think. True, that's fair. Well, yeah, obviously it is. Yeah, some the, some good legs. They're not really intense, but they 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 are there. All right, well, let's give it a shot. No pun intended. Yeah, I see the legs now. I was not seeing them in my tiny cup I have here. Well, you got a big ass pour too. It's interesting. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm getting some caramel notes in the nose. I'm I'm chewing that too there. Gregory Scott. Yeah, I'm getting like oats, you know, just like I don't know, hook a, <laughs> like I'm a horse just kind of chewing some oats here. I get, mm. I get wood and uh, all right. Anybody else get molasses? Yeah, molasses, caramel. I think you probably yeah. interpret that both of those are interchangeable. Yeah, definitely get in the wood. Yeah, definitely get some oat. The alcohol is coming now. I'm getting like the, the I can smell the, the alcohol content. Whew. Yeah, I'm not getting much in mine, but I have a, the, my cup's not exactly ideal for this, but I'm not getting a lot of smell off of it. Maybe it's the sherry that's giving it that, um, it's got a unique taste. Mm. A little I'll, sweet. I'll say that. Sweet at first, and then they get the, and I get to burn afterwards. It disappears very quickly. Yeah, this one is uh, thought-provoking. I'll put it that way. It's just a lot to pick apart. But it goes it away. It is complex. Parts of it goes away pretty fast, though. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it doesn't linger. Well, the alcohol kind of burn lingers for a little bit there, but it's almost 100 proof. So, but it turns into like a warming sensation, not not necessarily a burn, like with some other lesser uh, or less expensive bourbons. I will say, <laughs> sure, some value value priced bourbons. Value priced area. That's the word I was looking for. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, it's not. There's no age statement, which is it's not bad. Surprising. It, it's just yeah, it's just different. It's 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 you get it. Get the initial pop of sweetness, and then like the burn on the tongue, but then the tongue disappears. But then, kind of the mouth feel, to me, is very warm, ish. But it's not like yeah, it, that, I'm assuming, but it's not unpleasant. No, it's it's not any kind of unpleasant. It's not your typical bourbon. I'll, I'll put it like that. I would maybe it's like not. a little more. But it's easy uh, to sip, though. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely mm. easy to sip. We're doing it uh, neat right now. Definitely could sip that. I would. Would like to have maybe a little more uh, vanilla coming through, because I think maybe it's that's actually mm. I'm not getting much vanilla. I mean, car- some caramel sweetness, but throw a, you know if you throw a piece of ice in there, a little couple drops of water, and open it up, I think it, that might come through. Red wine and sherry casks. I wouldn't say they would give off as much vanilla. I'd say that's more. They would give off give it a more sweet slash tannin kind of. Yeah, tannin. Yeah, tannin. That's the word. Tannin slash slash taste. Well, I mean, I imagine they, it's at least four years old, aged in bourbon barrels. So, I mean, you should get some, a little bit of head vanilla off that. I, I would say it's definitely as, as stealing Peter's words there, it's, it's thought provoking, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I got to know, I don't want to you know, jump too far ahead, but uh, daddy's got to know price point. Yeah. So this comes in at $35 a bottle. Okay. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. It's not bad. No, I don't think it's bad for the price point. Like I said, smooth, easily drinkable, neat. And I don't think it would four years. Well, it doesn't say. I'm saying at least a minimum. I don't think this would be like regular drinker throughout the week. If I want to pull something out on a Friday night or Saturday night that I want to sip on, it that's I'd probably pick this because it's definitely a very complicated uh, uh, tasting experience. So you want to give yourself that time. You you wouldn't want to waste it on. I wouldn't want to waste it on mixing it with something. Yeah, don't mix it. Yeah, you'd lose it with it. Yeah. Unless you want, you want to, like you said, with 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 water, or maybe a, 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 an ice cube. But yeah, that's about the limit of what I would do with it. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think it would mix well either. It's got like a distinct taste to it. But yeah, that's gonna say it would just it would just become muddied. It wouldn't be, you know, I don't think it would be good. But yeah, I mean, it's got it's got that interesting price point. You know, between you know between thirty and forty dollars, it's. You know, you have, you know, your Buffalo Trace sitting in there. Well, 26 for Buffalo. Uh, you've got your Eagle Rare hanging out. You get your Willet, which is about 42. Um, mm. You've got a lot of decent selection in there. But I would I would put this in the lineup. I would, like I said, you know, buy a bottle every once in a while. It wouldn't be like <laughs> my go-to bottle every day, but, uh, or, you know, every time I buy bourbon. But, yeah, that's worth a try. I feel like I said that like, yeah, it's worth a try. But if you're a bourbon enthusiast, yeah. you should try things. So I think this is definitely on the list to try and, and uh, maybe to try it. Then I would also rebuy because it's, because it's something that, that I would probably want to try again, because again, it's a very unique taste, especially if they, every batch is different. So especially if they're taking these batches and they're doing something different with them every time, it's especially the way you describe with the barrel uh, building. It's definitely going to be a little bit different. Uh, it's still complex, but a different tasting experience every time. So it's definitely 
it's one that you'd probably want to, oh, I tried this one a few months ago or last year, or I'll pick it up again because it might be different. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, it's not a single barrel or anything. It's not like labeled like this is batch 35, but uh, it's yeah. definitely, I think it'll, you're right, it'll change. Its profile will change based on what they select. Yeah, so this is this is fun. I'm glad we did this one. Yeah, legend. L-E-G-E-N-T. Uh, the bottle is kind of cool because it has the two master distilleries or distillers, uh, the face on it, and they're kind of blended together. Mm. Which is interesting. Hmm. All right. I think that's going to do it for the show. Uh, if you stay around to the end, we do go into the silent B, which is the fun part of the show. It doesn't quite fit with everything else. I am your host, Greg Scott. And with me, I've got my two co-hosts. Jay Beaverton. The Irish Giant. And this is Beards, Brews, and Bourbon. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, which is, what's our handle again? At Bourbon Beards. Shout out to uh, a couple of new followers. Hey, nice, nice. Always good to hear new new people coming in. We do have a webpage. It is bbbpodcast.net. It is a work in progress, but we are slowly making it, you know, a habitable home to come, come hang out in. Um, we also have email. If you want to email and drop us a line, it's bbb. Sorry, it's hosts at bbbpodcast.net. Same for the website. Tell us how bad our website is. <laughs> or not. Or not. That's going to do it. We're, uh, I guess we're going to mosey on down to the, the silent bee here. Hey guys, it sounds like you've made it through the extra music. It's pretty hip and cool. Thanks for staying to the end. We are now in the Silent Bee. Again, the Silent Bee is just kind of some some fun ideas I usually think up uh, the day of, in the moment, you know, three weeks earlier. And I usually ask the guys or share something with the guys and we get some kind of thoughts on it, you know, thought-provoking kind of deal. Kind of deal. Um, so today's Silent Bee is, it's actually in the news right now. It is, there's a, a former Israeli uh, space space security chief Haim Ished. I want to say his name is. Yeah, it sounds it sounds close. Yeah, so he's a uh, the ex. Uh, he's Israeli and he worked for their, their basically their NASA, and uh, he has come out and said that there is a a federation of aliens uh, that is in contact with powers that be, you know, and, and the worlds, and. Uh, They've been around for a while, might, might have stopped a couple of nuclear wars. Yeah. And he, so he's, he's like, you know, his PhD, he, he, uh, he, he's not a, a simple person, I should say, you know, he, he's been in the space industry for some time, I think like 30 years or something to that effect, but uh, he's just come out and said that there are, there are aliens. So that I'll get your, your hot takes on that real quick. I don't know if that's true necessarily, but it makes sense. They wouldn't openly contact the world because again look at the world right now dumpster fire who wants to be who wants to try to talk to a dumpster fire nobody do you i don't so why would they try <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go ahead and and second that one because they've, they've probably got their own intergalactic stuff that they need to take care of and then yeah they, they don't they don't want to deal with our garbage but def, definitely uh would not would not be accepted if we we tried joining their federation 
there's a Star Trek episode called, I think it's called First Contact, where uh, oh, yeah. they contact a planet that's <laughs> like Earth. They have some problems because they lose Nicker because he's he looks like a native and he ends up uh, trying escaping the hospital or trying to escape a hospital by having sex with uh, an alien uh, who's played by Baby Newworth, who was uh, Fraser's wife on uh, ex-wife on Fraser and in uh, Cheers. But yeah, it's just the whole premise of the episode is like they ask him to leave because they're not ready because they're all messed up. Like, and that's uh, that's us right about now. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see. I could see them be like, well, the prime directive, right? That's always that's always a classic Star Trek mm. trope. Because we're pre war pre warp civilization. We we are pre warp, quite a bit pre warp. Um, and you know, we haven't gone through our, you know, our enough nuclear wars to make us peaceful, right? So uh Yep, no World War Three yet. Yeah, thankfully. <laughs> but then yeah. again, if they if they if they averted the nuclear war, then we can't move have the nuclear past- war. Yeah, it's like a catch twenty two. You right. won't let us destroy ourselves. You don't love us. Yeah, exactly. How can we advance? We haven't destroyed ourselves enough. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was funny that that's a federation. Though. I was like, oh, Galactic Federation, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. to me. And then I was like, well, I looked on my bingo card for twenty twenty, and it's like, oh, alien contact. What do you know? It's mm. on there. Yeah. So apparently, we also have uh, shared underground bunkers on on Mars. You know that uh, we fly Already? out to. Yeah, wow, with these aliens, so hmm. maybe that's why Musk is uh, trying so hard to get to Mars. You know, he wants in hmm. on these bases. He hears there's a good deal. Do, oh, did you hear about this? This is another actually story. Did you hear about the Chinese space exploration that's landing on that asteroid? They're landing on or trying to like probe this asteroid for metals. No, I hadn't heard that. I think I was listening to NPR and they, they something like that that they they've either either already landed on it or they're landing on it soon. Or they're just hitting it with probes to find out, like they can land on it and try and take mineral samples back to Wait, figure out what the. You, you're not talking up. about the probe they just landed on the moon. Is that I, what you're talking? I thought about? it was an asteroid. I thought it was. No. I thought there was an asteroid that they uh, were. No, it was on the. Get. It was on. It was on. I think the dark side of the moon or part of the moon that's never really been explored, and yet it scooped oh. up. Uh, scooped up uh, soil samples and some rocks, and now it's orbiting. It's back up orbiting the moon, and then it's supposed to be back to Earth by the end oh. of the year. Oh, that's cool. I mean, I know the maybe you're thinking of the Japanese that they sent a yes, a uh, a small satellite and satellite and orbited uh, what do you call it, um, asteroid and and took a sample. Mm, maybe, and yeah, maybe you're mixing back. it up. Okay, yeah. maybe mixing up the two. But yeah, so hey, we're all all yeah. all the governments of the world are going up around there. So yeah, I don't know. I was kind of excited. I know it's it's probably not real. Obviously, I, I I'm the uh, a mold not molar um, molder. There we are. X Files. One, I want to believe, mm. you know, but uh, probably probably not, it's going to be real. But I'm a little sad. But yeah, that's happy, the theory. I've always kind of had that theory. Of, if there are, if there is intelligent life, they're not. They're avoiding us again. We're not. We're not ready to be contacted yet because we turn again. We, I mean, it's every movie, almost every alien movie that we. Although that, they're moving better with like contact and kind of the more progressive movies. But every other movie is like, oh, we need to fight them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think that is going to do it for our show. Uh, that is the Silent B. Uh, it's a little little hot take of the Silent B we did there. Anything but silent. Yeah, anything but silent. Yeah. <laughs> I am your host, Greg Scott. This is Beards, Brews, and Bourbons. I've got my two good friends. They are... Jay Beaverton. I'm the Irish Giant. All right. That's going to do it for us tonight, guys.
Thanks for listening. Ciao. Ooh.